him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, righteousness is imputed on both sides. Abraham got it imputed to him. Uh, we get it imputed to us on this side. It is given to us as a free gift with no strings attached. Uh, for Abraham to get it, Abraham had to leave Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham had to do this. Abraham had to do that. Finally, he had to get up on the side of the mountain, get ready to kill his son. And the Lord stopped him, and it was imputed right there to him. Uh, but that, that in the Old Testament, that imputed righteousness did not get him into heaven. That just got him into Abraham's bosom. Uh, if, if, if probably after that point, it, no matter what Abraham did, he probably would never get to a place where he'd been thrown into hell. Uh, and it's just like a Christian, most of us. The more you start walking with Jesus Christ, uh, I've had people leave the church here. They're mad at me, furious, for whatever reasons. I don't know. I guess i am just got a bad personality or something. But uh, they'll leave and blame me for everything, and you'll see them two weeks later, a month later. Uh, one guy was a lawyer, and he had a pigtail. And long-haired, hippie-looking guy, not in church anywhere anymore, and, and he's saying our church is all messed up. Now, if our church is messed up, I'll give him that. Let's just say our church is all messed up. Let's say I'm all messed up. Wouldn't it stand to reason that if you were serving Jesus Christ, you would go find another church that you were serving God and go serve God? You wouldn't backslide. Well, I don't even think it was backslide. I, never think, I don't think the guy was frontslidden uh, to where he knew he should have been. Uh, he was right where he was and what he's doing. I've had another family that left the church. Uh, I rented them a house for a long, long time, and I think the only reason they came to church is I rented them the house. When I finally got tired of that and, and stopped the rent and made them buy the house, they got mad and went away. Now they're drinking and partying and doing everything else. And they're, they say that we're wrong. Well, if we're wrong, and I'm willing to say I'm, I could be wrong, why are you worse than you were before? You should be better. You should be someplace else where God... You should always be moving in the positive direction. You can't blame anybody for your circumstances. Your circumstances are yours. You created those circumstances. Uh, I'm backing up because my coffee got done. I heard it. <laughs> I got special coffee. <laughs> ah. So anyways, now to him that worketh is the reward not, uh, not reckoned of grace. Here's where the Old Testament and New Testament go away. Abraham is working. And you'll get people out there saying that if, if you, uh, 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 anybody got a chick track on them? Somebody? Anybody? Has to be a chick track. There you go. Thank you. This is, this, is, this is how bad some people are. The very last page on a chick track says this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Admit you are a sinner, be willing to turn and repent. Oh, repent, that's a work. I'm like, are you crazy or what, man? I said, if you don't repent, how in the world are you going to turn? you got to repent. Repent. I ain't going to, no, I'm not going to do that. That's worse than being a Calvinist. That is being a Calvinist. You're sitting there saying, I can't do anything. That God's just going to go zip and you're saved and now all of a sudden your whole life changes. No, he has to convince you, great, for by grace are you saved through faith. Saved from what? Hell. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I got that. But you have to understand what you're getting saved from and to. You have to understand that you're a sinner. He says over in Galatians, or 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, Christ died, we got that, for our sins. So you've got to admit you're a sinner. 
I'm a sinner and I know that's wrong. Now, you may not be able to quit sinning at that moment. I got that. But you got to admit you're a sinner. That's, that's called repentance. I am sorry for what I am. That doesn't mean that you're going to change what you are. And you got to be willing to turn and, and say, hey, I'm going to go for Jesus Christ. And he goes, uh, and be willing to, uh, to turn from sin. And people get that. That's a work. Believe that Jesus died for you, uh, was buried, and, ro and rose from the dead. I got that. That's true. Through prayer. Wouldn't prayer work then? Because I'm, I'm, I'm getting down on my knees, and I'm asking, I'm stopping everything I'm doing, and, and I'm, I'm doing something that I have to do to, to get his attention. That's work, isn't it? Isn't that same thing? See, they get the word. They, what they try to do is any effort, they're trying to eliminate any effort. I've watched this track win more souls to Jesus Christ personally than any other track on the face of this planet. Well, all this I did for these is pretty good, too. But this, these tracks, these series of tracks, there's a whole bunch of different ones. I had them on a ship out there. And I would walk in, and you see how thick that track is? I'd, I'd, I'd go to some of these young sailors, and they'd have a stack of chick tracks. That's how many different tracks I passed out on that ship. There's sailors all over. There's a 1,000 men, Marines too, 1,000 men on that ship. And you go up to a lot of I can't even tell you how many lockers opened them. They'd have a stack of tracks in there that thick, and they were all chick tracks. And I could pull one out of the middle anywhere and just show them the cover. And they go, oh, that's the greatest story ever told. And they would tell me that story cover to cover without opening it up. And, and Sam Gipp's coming in here. If you don't believe me, ask Sam Gipp. He's coming in here in June. 2014 or 15, was it 14 or 15 he came, Beth? 14 or 15 he came. And as he was leaving, he said they were still getting saved off of that ship 25 years later. Now, don't tell me that little thing don't work. And, and what we're doing is we're nitpicking. So we, we go from one side of the, of the spectrum to the other. We can't seem to find that middle ground right there where the Lord Jesus Christ is. And we try to say, you've got to do everything this way. Well, that's still, you've got the law in, in, in imputed right there. It's wrong. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, see, this means that God would owe you something. God don't owe you anything. If, if it was because you did something, God would owe you something. God doesn't owe us anything. Uh, and he didn't owe Abraham anything. The only reason he did gave it to Abraham is because Abraham did something that he said do. And, and again, watch this. Every single one of these people in the Old Testament are moving this thing down to a line. And then you get David. I'll put David here. And I'll stop with David, but, but moving it down to the line to get to Jesus Christ. You're looking at the bloodline of Jesus Christ sitting right here. And every one of these people, when they do what they do, what they're doing is they're furthering this line down here, this lineage down here, so that one day Mary can have a little baby named Jesus. We don't need, we don't need that anymore. We have that. Well, we don't have that. We have a risen, living Savior. He's sitting in heaven right now. Uh, Stephen says that. So Ephesians 2, 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So what he did is he gave you something for free. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It wasn't your faith, it was God's faith. It was Christ's faith that he gave you. It wasn't yours, you didn't have it, otherwise you'd be saved. Uh, not of works. There is nothing you could do to earn it. 
It's already been there. All you have to do is recognize it and accept it. And that's it. And, and that is the hardest thing to get somebody to recognize that, hey, this thing is free. And, and all of a sudden you realize he took me just like I was. And as a matter of fact, he keeps me just like I am. And one day he'll change me to what I should be. But I'm not there yet. So he still keeps me as I am. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm like Paul. That which I do, I would not. That I would not. That I do. Oh, wretched man. And then he goes, Paul goes on and says, who shall deliver me from the... And he says, I thank God. Well, yeah, let me read that over here. You're talking about a good verse. We'll stop here in a couple of minutes. I don't want to... Oh, wretched man that I am. Verse 24. 724. Oh, wretched man that I am. That's Paul talking about himself. How do you view yourself, by the way? Well, I'm a good guy. I'm a holy... I've had people say that, well, I'm a good person. I'm like, you are? I said, why are you mad at me? Uh, I would be mad at me, but I mean, why are you mad at me? Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Peter. It's got to be Peter. James or John. It's got to be one of them guys. John the apostle, he's still out on the Isle of Patmos. He's still good. No, no, no. I thank my God. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, who then, so then... With the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the, the flesh, the law of sin. So your mind, and he's telling you, you've got two different parts of you right there that you're fighting against, and the only one's going to deliver you from this thing is Jesus Christ. And you're going to get delivered from that thing uh, when you get, get raptured out of here. So we talked about Romans 3, sanctification. And uh, Brother Chris Rue came in here, and he messed my whole class up because he mentioned the third, third level of sanctification, which I... Excuse me, I did not mention, but I'll mention it here. The day you get saved, you trust Jesus Christ. I ask Jesus Christ to save my soul, I get saved. I get sanctified that day. My body, soul are tied together, and, the, and my spirit is dead. And the, the Spirit of God comes inside. The moment I trust Jesus Christ, what the Holy Spirit does is the Spirit, Holy Spirit comes in, revives my spirit. It's now alive again because Adam and Eve ate the fruit and it died. He circumcises me. Ladies, you got circumcised, whether you believe it or not. He circumcised my flesh away from my soul, and my soul and my spirit are sanctified unto the day of redemption. I could never sin again if I wanted to. <sighs> that's heresy. No, that's fact. Sorry, can't help you. However common now, there is no sin ever imputed to my soul ever again. Now, this flesh... But this is a different thing. <laughs> this guy right here wants to do all kinds of stupid stuff. He wants to do everything wrong. I got some donuts over there for George. I was just thinking about one of those donuts. And I know that donut is sin. For me, right now, that donut is sin. But there's a whole lot of other things to sin, too. And I'm sitting there with this flesh, and that's called daily sanctification. I knew a guy one time that blew his brains out. And he was a missionary to Bulgaria. And he ended up blowing his brains out with a shotgun because he got sin in his life. And he got under this thing where he thought he was totally sanctified, which he was, but he didn't understand the rest of it. And I'm totally sanctified, so I never have to ask for forgiveness ever again. And, brother, that is heresy. That's why he gives you 1 John 1, 10, uh, 1, 8, 9, and 10. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So you are a sinner. Uh, so you got to sit there, and that sin will start piling up. And pretty soon that will drive you crazy. 
And that's exactly what it did to him. And after a period of time, he shot himself. He couldn't deal with it no more. But he got under a guy down in, in uh, Tennessee that taught that sanctific you were totally sanctified, which was good, but that was only one part of the three-part system that you have. Now, you, you have to keep your body under, keep under your body, and, and you got to get the sin out. So you, you mess up. Guess what? You, he gave you a way, 1 John, to get out of it. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. So he's telling you you're going to sin. Don't hold on to that thing. Okay, don't crumble and say, oh, this is all over. Quit crying like a stinking baby, man. Get up and get right. Move on. Now, the day he raptures me out of here, right there, I get totally sanctified and I'll never sin again. That's part three parts. It ha that's what he gave us on this side over here. They did not have over here. So then you know why you get to go there immediately? Because if he raptures me out of here, then he's going to call my body up out of the grave and he's going to give me a new body. It's going to be nice and clean and everything. And it's ready to go. If I die before I get to this place right here, the rapture, wherever the rapture is right here, if I die before the rapture, then my body goes in the ground and my soul goes and spirit goes right to heaven. I mean, it's gone. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Then the Bible tells you where the Lord is. He's sitting in heaven right now. Stephen said, I see the Son of Man standing, Son of God standing at the right hand of the Father. There he is right there in heaven. So he's up there, if absent from the body, present with the Lord. And then when he comes back, the, the dead in Christ shall rise first. I get my new body and it, gets, it goes to heaven too. But your body isn't sanctified, never was sanctified, will not be sanctified until that day. And that day, it changes. Guess what? That, I'm going to teach on Ascension again Wednesday night, but uh, this is a special time. You ought to be happy, man. If you're in this time, you're called the body of Christ. Uh, a lot of the dead in Christ stay dead. No, the, not dead in Christ. A lot of the dead stay dead. It only said some of them come up out of the ground when he arose. Not all of them. You know what the rest of them do? They got to wait to way out here somewhere before they ever get to come up. We get to come up as soon as, a matter of fact, the moment he dies, the moment you die, you're with him, period. You're gone. So you know what that does? It, 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 it motivates us to look inward to see what's wrong with me, not with the people around you, with me. And guess what? The more you do that, the more you start getting other people's goads. <laughs> you really want to get under somebody's skin? Do right. Boy, they can't handle that, man. They just cannot handle it. I was on a ship with a thousand men. They couldn't handle it. I had, have you ever had a thousand people, 999, spit on you? I did. I've had them. I'd, I'd get my bike, go down the brow four stories, and start going down the pier, and the guys up on top of the pier would spit over the side on me as I was leaving because I was a Christian. Have you ever had that happen to you? I had, I've had all kinds of stuff happen to me. A lot of people don't know nothing that's happened. I mean, I had a, because I stood for Jesus Christ on that ship. But you know every time one of them suckers almost started crying and dying and didn't have nobody to talk to who they came to talk to? I remember I was sitting in a, in a birthing one night, <laughs> and I heard the hatches. Hatches are cool, man, because, I mean, you, you got this cool. I mean, they're just the dog ears all over them hatches. And you, you have to raise the hatches, pull the dog ears up, because the dog ears have this seal around it, the door does, and it locks that door down. So if you happen to take a torpedo when you're birthing, your birthing fills with water and everybody in there dies. But the people next to you won't because the dog ears are on their door, and it keeps the water from flowing to the next one. Anyways, I'm sitting there, got a little desk in a birthing, 90 people in this birthing. And I'm sitting there, it's late at night, Lord bothers me, about 12, 1 o'clock. I get up, go over and turn the little light on, got my Bible out, start reading my Bible. I hear this door behind me go, eee! 
and we're in port, and, and it, I hear it shut. And I hear somebody sit down behind me. I'm sitting there. Don't turn around. Don't do anything. Don't say a word. I'm sitting there. Just keep reading my Bible. A few minutes later, his Mike, read me something out of that book, Mike. I said, okay, man. And I just started reading wherever I was at. And 90 people got it, man, in the middle of the night. Didn't care. He asked for it. I, gave, I did what he said, man. He's my shipmate. I did what my shipmate want. People say, why do you irritate people? I don't, man. You just try to live for Jesus. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to aggravate them. Uh, they can't. But to him that works, that's not works. See, now, when James said, show me your works, uh, your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by works, that's what he's trying to tell you is that your, your faith should produce something. It may not, depending on where you're at in life, but somewhere down the line, your faith should produce something. It should produce fruit. That's why Jesus walked by a tree. He said, there's supposed to be fruit on this tree. And it even says it's not the time of season for the fruit to be on the tree, and he still curses that sucker and it dies. <laughs> I'm like, that ain't right, man. I go, wait a second. The Lord, you're always right. So I guess it is right. If the Lord wants fruit in season or out of season, reprove, rebuke. That's what it says. You're always, that, if the Lord walks by and says, tree, I want fruit, that sucker should have produced fruit right then and there in front of his eyes. He went like that. And it didn't. He cursed the thing. Uh, that, that was a wicked devil tree. That means trees can go against God too. Uh, so, but he cursed that thing and killed it dead. And you know what the Lord is coming by us? He's looking for fruit on us. And yet he's gracious and long-suffering. And he lives up and leaves us down here to do whatever we're going to do for however long we got to do it. And gives us the long-suffering that we need and the time to grow. You know what? If we would learn that, we could help other people in. Because some people just aren't where we're at. And we don't give them time to grow where we're at. We immediately expect them to be where we're at. So we go slam the you know what the law is? Here's the law. Somebody says, God says this, I'm going to go enforce it. I, I know Christians like that. You, that's, no, no, no. He tells you something, then you're supposed to think about and implement what he told you, implement it in your life first, and then you'll see how to implement it in other people's lives. What I found out on ships is the best thing to do is live it. If you can live that Christian life, you're going to affect other people. If you don't live it, then people who are under the law do not live it. They demand you do it my way or the highway, my way or the highway, my way or the highway. Over here, you know what Jesus did? He said, let the dead bury the dead, come follow me. Oh, I can't, I gotta go bury my dead. Okay, see you later, bye. He never cursed him, he said, you die. No, he just, he went on. It doesn't say the guy didn't follow him. He just, at that moment, he said, let the dead bury the dead. Now, that seems kind of hard. Uh, well, wait a minute, that's my dad. He's dead. I, don't, I still don't understand funerals. I, I, I don't understand a funeral at all. Throw them in the stinking ground. Dig a hole, throw them in. As a matter of fact, take them out of the field, throw them out there, let the dogs eat them. Take me out in the field and let the dog eat me. I don't care. I'm dead. I'm not there. He's not there. Uh, people, they have to have their hair done. Ladies, I mean, you got to look good when you're dead. I'm like, you're going to be in the ground and you're going to turn purple after a while. What does it matter? What does it matter? You know, I mean, I like it. Beth, are you falling asleep back there? You better not, man. I'll have the ground open up and swallow you up. No. <laughs> but, but you sit there and look at that stuff. It's like that, their life is past. It's gone. Let's move on. 
And if you've done what you're supposed to do, the funeral is a really an easy thing to do. Because a preacher could get up there and preach on somebody. I've had a lady one time, they wanted me to do something, to do her funeral, and I did not want to do it. And I did it. And I had a lady call me from Columbus. And I, I did everything I could to make her look good. I just could not make her look good. I mean, I just couldn't do it. She irritated me to no end. She irritated everybody else to no end. And, and if I mention her name, it irritates you right now. And I'm like, Lord, I, and, and she called me, well, you should have said she did all this good. She didn't do nothing good. How could you expect me to tell how good stuff she did? When it, I'm just crazy, man. It's insane. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him, is justified, uh, that justify them godly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So the moment we trust God, but to him that worketh not, not works, you come across the Bible, you read the Bible, you get the story down, you understand that Jesus Christ died, you believe he's alive, uh, uh, I'm working on Bud, uh, and, and y'all pray for him. He still comes to church. He's lost. Uh, Angela's husband, he's lost. He says he's lost. He'll tell you he's lost. Uh, but he still comes to church. He's listening. And he may say things to Angela that will make it sound like he hates us, or he hates Christianity, or he doesn't like this, or he's against it. He's fighting. He's fighting back is all he's doing. Uh, Angela is the, go, is, the, is the thorn in his flesh, which is a good thing. And, and, and he hasn't got rid of the thorn. He's still got the thorn. The thorn irritates him. I know how he feels. Uh, the thorn is there. I got one too. Uh, and she got one too also, which is me. But I said the thorn is there. And as long as that thorn is there, it's pushing in. And eventually it's going to make a hole wide open. And he's not going to. I watched them guys on a ship do it. I watched them, brethren. I watched it happen. And... Dr. Peacock always told me, he said, I tried to go back to Bible college. So, are you graduating this year? Yes. Have you already finished completely? The, the certificate, yes. Okay. So, are you going down? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, but he, I tried to take the course again. He said, no, you can't. I'm like, you hate me. He goes, no. So, I was going to do it under an anonymous name and say that my pastor said it was okay to do it. And, uh, but I thought that would be lying. And I wanted to go through it, and I said, Lord, I just feel like I missed so much stuff. And he goes, uh, Elliot, he said, you're an idiot. I said, but, Doc, I said, I'm stupid. He goes, no, he goes, you learned everything you needed to learn in the Navy. I learned all the biblical truths that you could possibly know going through the 14 years I was in the Navy. I learned how to be in subjection to the leaders that were in charge of my ship. My captain was the captain of the ship. I trusted him immensely. Whether I liked him or not, is irrelevant. I trusted him. Why? He's a captain. I go lay my head on a bed at night in my rack, and I go, people say, how could you do that? Because the captain's got people in charge that he's put in charge that I can trust is going to drive this ship. And they're going to make sure in the middle of the night that this ship don't run into something. You say, how do you know that? Well, Mr. Louie was on in the combat one day. Combat is just below the bridge. The bridge is where all the windows are. These are the guys up there watching with the steering wheel. They're getting ready to run into the Saratoga in the middle of the ocean. It's all lit up over there. I mean, how in the world are you doing this? Boom. And they're getting closer. But down in combat, they have all the radars. And the radars are all tracking targets. And the Saratoga is one of the targets. And the target gets closer and closer and closer. And Louis is, is oh, man, Louis was, I wish I, could, I wish I could meet Louis again. He was the coolest guy. He was a little hot-headed Italian. Hot-headed wasn't even the word for this guy. I mean, he was the coolest guy in the whole wide world. But you mess with him, and he would eat your lunch. And, uh, and, again, and finally, he, he, there's a ladder that goes right up to the bridge out of the combat. And he runs over and says, you guys, morons, you're getting ready to shoot that ship right there? 
Uh, you know what that does? It learns you to trust the people around you. You learn to trust people. You know, when you come to your Bible, you've got to learn to trust God. The hardest thing you'll ever do is learn how to trust because we're so used to doing it ourselves and not Him. Well, if I lay my head, if I'm in the middle of the desert and I lay my head, <coughs> I, like, I think Brother <coughs> Perry said that it wasn't the lion's den. It was Daniel's den and the lions were in it. I, I've never heard that. That's good. That's good. When, when the, the guy threw, when the, uh, Belteshazzar or Darius threw Daniel down there, Daniel, it was his den now. It wasn't the lions. The lions were in subjection to Daniel. And I'm sitting there going, you know what that is? That's a man who trusts God, who's got to the place in his life over a period of years where he has watched God do so much, the Lord do so much in his life, that he just trusts him. And he doesn't try to go four or five months out into something. He waits for a scenario to happen, and then when it happens, he does it. He doesn't try to make the scenario. What so many people out there today are trying is they're trying to make the scenario, then they're trying to get people to fit that, that narrative, and you can't do that. You all have lives, individual lives. You've got, you got to figure that life out. I can't figure that life out for you. Jack Howells, I was in Jack Howells. Lord, let me do some of the weirdest stuff in, in my Christian walk. I don't know why he did it, but he did it. Here I am, I'm a moron from Kentucky, man, but I got to sit in Jack Howells Church for two years. Now, that is the biggest Sunday school in America at the time. So I got to sit in the biggest church in America at the time, and I got to watch Jack Howells work. And I just sit back and watch that thing. As a dumb hillbilly, E.T. in the Navy, just watching, two years watching how this thing worked, and I'm like, what is that, man? I don't, what is that? I don't understand that. That don't make, I'm too logical. That's, and, and people would come to his office after church. He'd preach. Now he's got, I don't know how many thousands of people in that church, uh, and people would come to his door. Dr. Jack, yes, come in. And the line would be a mile long. We need to get a new car. Should it be green or red? Red. And out they go. I'm like, what? And I mean, some of the stupidest questions you ever thought. Now, that was a, that was a more, some of them were a little more serious than that. But I'm sitting there going, it's like Moses. Why, Moses, you're going to kill yourself. But I can't, if you like, what's if you like purple? Beth likes purple. What's if you like orange? I mean, red. But, but I was thinking about green also. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, you didn't say green. You said this or that. And I'm like, first of all, I said, Here's a guy trying to guide everybody else's life, and you can't do it. You just can't do it. You know what you need to do? You need to find out what Jesus wants you to do and do it. Same way with us. And some of us are a little old now to do that. As you get ready to look at Joe, I'm saying, ah, sorry, Joe, you're over the hill, man. You forget it. Me and you are done. We're just we're sitting back ready to go to heaven. But what, what the deal is is you've got to find where the Lord's in your life, and it's out of this book. And understanding where you sit on this chart, I'm over here under grace. I, he saved me. He loves me. He gave his life for me at Calvary. He rose from the dead. He's a, we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know he is. I can serve him. The greatest thing that I could ever do, the greatest feat that I could ever do, isn't building a church. It's serving Jesus Christ. That's the greatest feat you could ever do. This is all part of what he's allowed us to do. I said something Sunday, and I hope I didn't offend anybody, but we're going to leave behind a, a building that is going to be paid for, a work that is self-sufficient that if you have to put it, I knew guys who said I couldn't, if, if our church had a problem, we couldn't put a roof on it. And we couldn't put an air conditioner on it. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that because they were broke. Uh, we get the, okay, here you go. Missionaries come through. I love missionaries. We just had one in. He's a great friend of mine. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I don't care about the Ukraine. If that offends you, I'm sorry. I care about Dayton, Ohio. Why? Because that's where you guys are at. 
Now, once I get this thing taken care of, then I'm going to start worrying about Judea, which is Dayton. I really don't care about Dayton. I don't care about downtown Dayton. Let them, let them just mess up down there. I don't care. However, comma, once I get this thing taken care of, then we can reach out. So the other day, I call, uh, Brother Perry calls me up, and he doesn't have nothing to do. Like, we don't have nothing to do also. So we're just like him with nothing to do, and that we should be all out street preaching. I'm like, oh. So Jonathan just started, they just started street preaching up. And Jonathan said, hey, can I run street preaching? And I thought, wait a second. Jonathan went out last week, and he's not going to go out for three more weeks. He wants to do it once a month to get broke into this thing. Here comes Perry. I mean, it's a street preaching machine, man. Over in Ukraine, that's all they do is street preach. I mean, he wakes up in the morning, street preaches. He goes to bed at night, wakes up in the middle of the night, street preaches. He street preaches, he street preaches. And, uh, but that's all they do. That's all they do. They write Bibles and street preach. They don't do nothing else. And so they, I'm sure they do other things, but... He said, Mike, he goes, y'all go street preach on Saturday? I was like, brother, man, I said, we got a party. I got trailers, I got flat tires. I, got, <laughs> I said, I do stuff all week long. And I said, my Saturday is the, the, the only day I get to catch up on all this stuff so that you guys, these guys can do stuff the rest of the week. They come, what are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do the next day? What are we gonna, well, why don't you do something? Hey, here, guys, why don't y'all do something and leave me out of it? Okay, ask me for the credit card. You're going to do this, go get it, and be done with it. No, I have to go get everything. And have everything so you can be successful. That's what I do Monday through Friday. Then on Saturday, I got to fix everything so the next Monday through Friday, I can do everything to make y'all successful. Now, does that sound fair to you? It doesn't to me. <laughs> and, and, and then I come in to turn the baptism on. I'm not complaining, but this is just the way it goes. And it's okay. That's what the Lord said. I come in Saturday afternoon. My brain is fried, and I go to turn the baptism on because two guys are going to get baptized the next morning. And the baptismal's blown up. I'm like, and I spend the next four or five hours trying to get it to work, and I couldn't. And I went to bed with my brain just fried, and then my eyes opened up. I knew what was wrong, and I came back in here Sunday morning and jury rigged it and got it on so I could get the heat come. What are you doing that for? You didn't know that, did you? That's what I do. That's just what I do all the time. And in the background, you know, the Lord says, "Did you want to be a servant?" I said, yeah. He goes, what's the problem? He goes, when a servant does all that he should do, he's unprofitable. He goes, you haven't even become profitable yet. <laughs> I, said, I said, what does it take to be profitable, man? You've got to find a way out of the box, man. There's a box you're in. You're going to do something for Jesus. You've got to first figure out what to do in the box and do everything to make him happy and then somehow get out of that thing. And that's what a servant does. You know what you do when you learn what he did for you? It's easy to do that. Because I'm sitting here looking, I'm like, Lord, that was hard. <laughs> I said, no one in the universe could have done that. Here's two guys right next to you. Neither one of them could do that. They, it happened to them, but they could not do what you did right there. You did that. There is no works involved in it. There's no way you could have any part of that. That's his. And he goes, I want to give it to you. And you reach out and take it, and I don't think a lot of us realize what we took. I knew what I took. And I'm like, man, this, I like a free deal, man. I like a good deal. That was the best deal I ever seen. And to this day, 43 years later, that is still the best deal I ever seen. And I'm sitting there. I had preachers say, Mike, you can never do enough. Because they always think that I'm, I'm doing this because I'm trying to make it right. No, I'm not trying to make it right. I'm trying to keep up with him. I can't keep up with him. He moves way too fast. And there's no way. It's like the camp down there. We go, now we got this camp, man. Me and Joe got into it a, a couple of weeks ago, months ago. 
about a month ago. I told him, you're out of your stinking, filthy mind. Take the camp, get it out of here. I don't even want the camp here no more. And he goes, I said, you're killing us, man. We just were up at the camp up here. We had to go up here and fix everything they got broke. Now we're trying to fix everything here's broke and go down there and fix everything broke. That's not our camp. And then after I calmed down, I knew what to do. And, and we go, and, and now, now these guys, they're down there. They want to rebuild the entire camp. I'm like, Lord, and Mike calls me and says, where do we stop down there, Mike? I said, well, Mike, we stop where you stop. I said, I've already stopped. I told him I would get power on the buildings, and he's got power on the buildings. Now he's got air conditioners hung in the buildings, and he's got ductwork in the buildings, and he's going to call me sometime this week probably and have me come down and run power to the air conditioners. And then the buildings will be air conditioned. Joe went down today with some information that he had, and they're going to look at some decking and stuff. So that I said, here's how we would do this. What we need to have camp in July, that's what we need to work on. So the things you want done so that we can have a successful camp, we will do those things. And then if we can overflow into some of the other things, we will. And it will work that way. And it will affect other people too. It will affect the other camps as we're doing it. The power in all those camps will not just be for us, it's for everybody. The power, the air conditioning in those camps will not just be for us. The first group of campers that come through are going to benefit from what we just did down there. So the Lord's going, that's a servant. Where do you stop when you're dead? I'll tell you when you stop. You stop when you're dead. And the Lord keeps dumping more stuff on you, and he expects you to blow up and then shut down and be like the, the son that said, I will not go out in the field today. I'm tired of going out in the field. I'll just go out in the field, and all I do is work. Okay, I'll go out in the field, and he goes. The other guy lies like a dog like most people do. I'll take care of that. And then you never see him again. There's nothing wrong with getting mad. Let, uh, let not the sun go down upon your sin. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with getting. Be, uh, what is that? Something sin not? So, how's that? Be angry. Yeah, be angry and sin not. So you can, somebody watching. Let's see, hang on, let's see who that was. The only person who cares about me is Popeye's chicken. <laughs> voicemail. Is that a voicemail? Cindy Williams. Oh, she wants her lawnmower. Anyways, I'm stopping there. Law and grace. Any questions about law and grace? Did it make any sense? Somebody? You did? Man, you get to teach a class next week. <laughs> Amen. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight, and thank you for letting us come out. Uh, Lord, thank you for grace. Uh, Lord, thank you for uh, dying on that cross at Calvary 2,000 years ago for us. Lord, and, and setting up a church age period that we can live in. And, Lord, have mercy and grace extended to us. But, Lord, uh, it's something we didn't have to do, have no part of. You did it all at the Calvary. And, Lord, uh, all we have to do is believe what you did there. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Lord, all we had to do is believe that you came up out of the ground, that you, were ro you rose from the dead. You took our sins. And, Lord, uh, you give us your righteousness. And, Lord, all that stuff happened to us, sanctification, the whole thing. And, Lord, we get it for free, and, uh, Lord, all you ask us to do is serve you uh, for the rest of our lives. Lord, uh, what a privilege it is to serve you, uh, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, Lord, help us to get a good grip on the, the difference between law and grace. And, and laws, the, the Old Testament still applies, Lord, but it's not like it was to them. Uh, Lord, we're saved by grace through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. And, Lord, just thank you for all you've ever done for us. And we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>